Welcome to the Autism Classroom Resources Podcast, the podcast for special educators who are looking for personal and professional development. I'm your host, Dr. Christine Reeve. For more than 20 years, I've worn lots of hats in special education, but my real love is helping special educators like you. This podcast will give you tips and ways to implement research-based practices in a practical way in your classroom to make your job easier and more effective. Welcome back to the Autism Classroom Resources Podcast. I am Chris Reeve, and I am your host. And in our last episode, I kicked off a series on students who are on grade level with autism. We sometimes refer to them as having high-functioning autism, and I talked a bit about some of the issues with labels for this group of students. But typically, they're students who range from average to gifted in cognitive abilities. However, they still can present their teachers with a wide variety of challenges, and they still struggle with a number of challenges in their learning and their behavior as well. So in today's episode, I'm going to talk about some of the complexities that these students present in their behavior. And let me be clear, I have a full day of training that is about the behavioral characteristics of individuals on the spectrum, and I'm pretty sure that you don't have all day, hence that's not what I'll be covering here. Instead, I'm going to focus on the why of these behavioral challenges, where they come from, because when you understand the challenges that face students with autism, it sometimes becomes a little clear that the behaviors that look like one thing, like defiance or noncompliance, are really happening because of something else, like difficulty understanding the direction or overwhelming anxiety. So I'll include links in the blog post for this episode about how to determine function of challenging behavior and plan out behavior supports. Um, How we approach it for the higher functioning students is sometimes a little bit more complex because there are a few more layers to their behavior. And that's kind of what I'm going to talk about today. You can find those links along with the transcript and a link to our free webinar on preventing challenging behavior at autismclassroomresources.com slash episode 65. So let's get started. Today, I'm going to focus on the types of characteristics that students who are, quote, high functioning, unquote, with autism present that can sometimes complicate our perception of their behavior. And over the years, I've worked with a lot of these students, and I've watched them frustrate their teachers to no end and have no idea why their teachers are frustrated. They're students who are very bright. And as I mentioned in episode 64, sometimes their disability is invisible to their teachers. So their teachers are sometimes surprised when their behavior is so significantly different from their peers without autism. And sometimes it presents a problem. And at times, it's just a lack of understanding of perspective on both sides. But other times, it results in issues that can lead to some pretty serious disciplinary consequences for both of them. So in today's episode, I'm going to focus on three behavioral characteristics that particularly complicate the understanding of these students' behavior and perplex their teachers, often perplex their parents, and sometimes perplex the students themselves. The first characteristic that I want to address is a big one for autism. It's often referred to as theory of mind, but it comes down to being able to infer the mental states of others. In other words, it's about being able to intuit 
the knowledge, beliefs, and interests of those around you. Some of this is coded in our language, and some of it is in our nonverbal behavior. Some of it is social understanding. Some of it is pragmatic communication. And I'll be back in future episodes to talk specifically about communication and socialization, because those both also play big roles in this area of behavior. But for now, let's just focus on understanding others' thinking and how that affects behavior. If I don't understand that you are thinking about something differently than I am, I'll be really surprised when you have a different opinion than I do. And I will be surprised that you don't have the same knowledge about something that I do. And that's going to cause me to be pretty frustrated that I have to communicate that knowledge to you that I think you already know. This happens pretty regularly in my family with my sister with autism, who thinks we know everything that she does and often doesn't feel the need to tell us what she's thinking. So she calls you to tell you that she needs a ride and where she is but she doesn't wait to see if you can come and get her. She just hangs up the phone. My mother used to interpret that behavior as my sister avoiding getting a no answer, that she would hang up before you had a chance to say no, and that she was demanding that you do what she wants. But really, it was just that she thought that since it was a priority for her, it was a priority for you. We had had to spend a good amount of time with her teaching that her priorities aren't always everyone else's priorities. This particular challenge leads to difficulties about explaining their own behavior, not because they're being stubborn or that they're afraid of getting in trouble, although this is often how it gets interpreted, especially at school. Instead, they can't really tell you why they do something. It also makes understanding and explaining their own emotions difficult. We actually have some research that's been coming out over the last few years that interpreting their own physical feelings like a stomach ache is hard for individuals with autism, telling you where something hurts. So just think about how much more difficult emotions would be to explain. Difficulty understanding others' perspectives also obviously impacts the social interactions that students have and leads to interactions that can sometimes turn negative. They misinterpret others' actions. I've had students who interpret another student's positive encouragement as negative. They thought that students who were slapping them on the back after a great play in a game were attacking them and bullying them. Similarly, it can lead to their own behavior that others get upset by. So when DeAndre, who has ASD and is amazing with computers, incredibly bright, thinks he's being helpful to Kashan, who's struggling, and DeAndre reaches over and takes Kashan's keyboard and says, here, let me do it. You're screwing it up. DeAndre truly has no idea why Kishan got upset and thought that he'd been insulted because he had. But DeAndre just thought he was being honest. So in that case, if you need more examples, go watch Sheldon of The Big Bang Theory for more ideas along those lines. Same kind of thing. Clearly, the difficulty with perspective and intuition is an important one that plays a behind-the-scenes role in behavior that we may not always be aware of. 
The second behavioral complexity that isn't so apparent to us, but luckily isn't quite as big an issue, or at least not far-reaching, is that individuals with autism often exhibit catastrophic reactions to trivial things. So my sister can't get her internet to work on her iPad, and she calls in such a panic that I think her house is on fire, and she's so upset that I can't even figure out what's wrong. And in reality, her iPad just needs to be rebooted. But the reaction in some instances could cause some students to throw their iPads out of frustration without us understanding the issue, and we interpret it as a negative behavior. We see the trivial things as just that. We see them as trivial. But to them, it isn't trivial. It feels like the end of the world. And for some students, it can be something as simple as something in the classroom being moved um, or something even more run-of-the-mill. For one student, a whole day got ruined because another student was absent, not even a student who was his friend, just another student in his class, and he couldn't handle it. It caused a full day meltdown because he wasn't in his chair. No amount of discipline or consequences was going to fix that meltdown. It became a longer-term issue that we had to work on to help him know how to cope with that type of situation. But first, we had to figure out that that was what the problem was. That was the biggest issue. Once we found out what the problem was, it was something we could actually work on. And I'll help you get to those kinds of strategies in later episodes. We will be talking about some of those things. But you have to work on getting to the why. So definitely check out the links in the episode blog post on going through that functional behavioral process. And finally, the third issue that individuals with ASD are much more likely to struggle with is anxiety and depression. They have a higher incidence of these types of disorders than their peers. And in fact, one study found depression was four times more likely for individuals with ASD than their peers. Those factors play a role in their challenging behavior as well. And when you factor in their difficulty with perspective, and being able to describe their own emotions, it's that much more complex. This means that they are struggling with very real mental health issues that are impacting their behavior on a daily basis, but they aren't able to describe it. We know that their typical peers who have these issues have significant difficulty, particularly in adolescence, sharing this with adults. Now imagine how much harder it would be if they didn't understand how to even explain what they were feeling. We need to be screening our students for these issues, and we need to consider them as we evaluate challenging behaviors, especially things like lack of motivation, difficulty getting work done, noncompliance, and other more passive challenging behaviors. But even our more outward challenging behaviors are ones that often may signal these these types of disabilities are there. I see many of these behaviors manifest themselves in high school, but many of them present much earlier, but we're just not aware of them because we're not noticing the issues. We write them off as noncompliance or those most more passive types of situations. 
I'll link to a couple of posts that I have specifically about addressing anxiety on the blog with some resources that can help if you think that you have students that are struggling with this. Now, these certainly aren't the only behavioral complexities that students with high-functioning autism demonstrate, but they are three areas that I see trip them up most frequently in the general ed environment at schools. Often when the situation and emotions die down, it's easier to see where the problem lies. But many times by that point, the consequences have already been dealt. I'll be talking in the next few episodes about some specific areas that are related to behavior that we need to be teaching and addressing that are related to all this. And I'll be sharing some strategies to help do that as well. Did you know that we have a whole course on behavioral problem solving in the Special Educator Academy? It is the place to be to find out everything you need to know to work with all kinds of students in special ed, and particularly, in this case, with challenging behavior, and we'd love to have you try it out. You can get a seven-day free trial at specialeducatoracademy.com. That link is also in the show notes, and you can see if it's a good fit for you. You can also grab some links to get you started working with these students with anxiety and other areas, as well as a transcript at autismclassroomresources.com slash episode 65. And I'd love to hear your thoughts about working with these types of students. If you're an educator, hop over to our free Facebook group at specialeducatorsconnection.com and share. And in the meantime, I will be back next week with a new episode. Thank you for everything that you do for your students, and I hope to see you then.